I think God speaks often to us, in, at least he speaks to children very much in, to their hearts and their imaginations. And I think as grown-ups, we kind of have these defenses up. And something about writing for children, adults reading a book written for children, I think it, it ambushes, it, it catches them without their defenses up. And they respond in that same place like a child, that heart response, which is how God wants to talk to us and wants to reach us. And I think it, it sort of captures their imagination. And I think that's key, isn't it? You know, not, you're not going to ever, you know, it's not through um, points and summary and debate. It's through telling a story. And a story is so powerful. You know, a story doesn't come and insist at you. It just tells you a story. And it's a, it plants a seed. And that's what's so exciting about a story is God can use it. We don't know. Again, we go back to that fruit. The, the seed is planted. It's not our business to know what's happening. But God's word goes out and it doesn't return empty. So even by sharing this story, in a, even in a very distilled form, which is what this is, you're planting a seed. And I think that's so exciting. You're listening to episode 94 of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. And today I'm chatting with Sally Lloyd-Jones. Oh my stars, I'm so thankful to get to share this with you. She is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Jesus Storybook Bible. And today we're going to chat about a little of her history, the story behind that Bible, and also her newest project. It's the same content, but a new title, new design. It's called The Story of God's love for you. And with all of these episodes I've had lately about showing grace to our kids, showing grace to ourselves, not trying to be perfect, I think Sally's books come at a good time. This is a tangible resource that we can read with our kids or read on our own daily and be reminded of God's great love, be reminded that he came to rescue us, that is nothing we have done. It's not about our do's and our don'ts. It's not about being something so that God will love us. He loves us. And Sally puts that into words perfectly. I know this will speak to your heart today. I think we should just get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Sally, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you, Heather. And I've told you I love your accent. Yes. So people (laughs) who've read your children's Bible may not know that you would have an accent and probably don't know your backstory. Would you tell them a little bit about where you've come from, how you've gotten to where you are. Yes. Um, So I was born in Africa, Mm -hmm. um, in Kampala, Uganda. Spent the first four years of my life in Africa, which was a wonderful adventure. You know, life is like a safari kind of Mm. thing. And then, um, so we lived in Kampala, Uganda, and then in Nairobi, in Kenya. And then we came back to England for a few years, and then we lived in Freetown, Sierra Leone, where I went to an international school there for a year and then um, didn't really thrive. I wasn't one of those children that excels. Uh, I was too dreamy and I didn't pay attention. <laughs> so my parents had the impossible decision of would they let me just not thrive in that school or would they send me to boarding school? So they chose to send me to boarding school at eight, which sounds terrible. But in fact, it was there that I kind of, well, it's so distinct to me, the whole memory of that school. I loved it. I had the teacher that made all the difference, you know, the one who... I think we all have someone in our lives that, as a child, hopefully, mm-hmm. that makes all the difference. And for me, that one of them was this teacher, this English teacher, who told me I could write. And mm. so that was a huge blessing to go to that school, even though it was hard to leave home at eight. You know. So, what um, age were you when you had that teacher? I was nine, nine or ten. Wow! Yeah, that's a yeah. time when you're trying to figure it out. 
Yes. What's my really, thing? And so yeah. I always love to tell that story. My sister's a teacher. And so I, I always like to tell that story because, you know, we all know how valuable teachers are, but sometimes I think they need to be reminded how much, how valuable they are and what power they have for good, you know. And um, so I, I'm very grateful for that school. And then, uh, then I ended up being in boarding school till I was, you know, grown. Mm. And um, initially worked in publishing because I thought that was the only thing that I could do. I didn't think I was good enough to be a writer. Mm. And came to America thinking I'll come for a year. I've been here ever since. That was in 1989. So it tells you <laughs> how much I know about anything. Um, and it was while I was here that, you know, I worked in publishing. But all the time I was kind of beating myself up, sort of thinking, well, I'm not really brave. I haven't lived the life I want to live and I'm not brave enough to take the risk. And, you know, beating yourself up. I think we all do that. But the trouble is we do that in the middle of our story. We don't know the whole story. And I certainly didn't know the whole story. And mm. in 2000, I got laid off in massive cutbacks. At wow. the time, I would have been, if you overheard my prayers, it would have been, God, please don't let this happen. That would be the worst thing. I need the pension. I need the health care. You know, all that stuff. Those mm. golden handcuffs. Yeah. And now I look back and I'm so grateful that he answered my prayer in the most possible well, best possible way, not giving me those things, but giving me what I really wanted, which was to be a writer full time. So Tim Keller, my pastor, always says, if we knew everything God knows about what he's doing in our lives, we would cheer him on. Mm, wow. We don't know. And I didn't no. know. But that's for sure. If I knew then what I know now, I would totally be cheering him on. And I'm very grateful that. So that's a long answer. No, I love it. I so, love every part okay. of that because... Yeah, it's encouraging, uh, one, for us to support our kids' teachers because they have a voice in their lives that, yeah. um, I mean, our kids are like, sure, mom, sure, whatever, you think I can write well, but <laughs> you have yeah. to say that. You have exactly. to. I know. But to have uh, an outsider say, no, this is a really a gift I see in you. I see a lot of kids, mm -hmm. a lot of different version of a kid, and you have this unique gift. And then also what you shared in your story about we sometimes want the control and the 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 life that goes a certain way and heaven forbid tragedy happen or job loss or, yeah. or yeah. any loss. And that could be the start of the next big thing. That could be the way that God's actually. That, isn't it? Oh, terribly hard. I mean, I, I feel like, like, go ahead. Oh, I was no. with my, my sister was visiting from uh, London just this last few days. And one of my nephews is struggling at school and, you know, both of us were trying to work out ways to fix it and how he doesn't mm. to be sad and everything like that. And then I was reading a Bible passage about the fact that the word tribulation means, I think, being pressed down and that the only mm. thing that creates wine and, br and bread is the grain being crushed and the wine, the, you know, the, the vines, yeah. the grapes. So what we're sometimes wanting to stop is the very thing that would produce something beautiful. And it just reminded us both. Yes, he's going through this really hard time when we hate it, but where is our faith? Where are we looking? We have to realize God's in charge of his life, mm. not us. And he's up to something so much greater than we might want, that we even yes. imagine. We want the great, but but we don't even have our eyes set on the right, you know. It's hard, yeah. but to, to keep in mind that God is doing something up to something good and great. And and using us at our weakest place so that it becomes about him, right? Yes, exactly. 
that it's not about anything that the grape did to become the wine. No, exactly. <laughs> but that, that that was the pressing that did it, or that that was the the heart, and then his strength is revealed. Yeah. Because I doubt when you wrote the words out of the Jesus Storybook Bible, you had any idea it would be in all the languages. I mean, how many are you up to now? Eighteen oh, was what I read, but I think it's even more than it may even be twenty-five. Whatever, that's a I lot. I know. It's and then million copies, more than a million. I think it's close to two million now. We don't know. Any minute now, it might be two million. <laughs> we might hit it on this call. The only one who keeps up with it, funnily enough, is Jago, the illustrator. He's really good at spreadsheets, and there oh, are so funny. many different editions. He's really masterful at keeping up. So he's always telling me when it's about to hit some big number. That's <laughs> so, so funny. Yeah, it's just it's. Extraordinary! You wouldn't you wouldn't imagine that it, it's above and beyond you could ask or imagine. Is basically, oh, yes. and I think you know, I, I'm really grateful that when I sat down to write it, I was already overwhelmed at the thought yeah. of writing a storybook bible for children. I mean, the, the weight, the responsibility. Yeah. On top of how overwhelmed I feel anyway when I sit down to write all the time, I feel anyone you if you talk to any writer, you'll you'll soon realize they're only as good as their next book. So yeah. even though people say to me, oh, well, you must not have that anymore because you've had this and that. And you're like, no, actually, every time you sit down, it's like starting from very beginning. You're like a beginner again. Yeah. So I had that. But then I, on top of that, I had the overwhelming sense of what on earth am I doing? I'm working on the Bible and I'm <laughs> condensing it. What do I, who do I think I am? And, you know, there was all that going on. And yeah. If I, on top of that, had thought that theologians and, you know, seminary students would be using it as set texts or anything like that, or it would go into all these languages, then I, I probably would have been paralyzed. But what yeah. was good was I felt so overwhelmed that every time I sat down, finally I'd get to this point. As a friend of mine said, um, and then we just had to pray has it come to that? You know, it's like we always, we say, and then we all we could do is pray as if that's the final, you know, has it come to that, that we have mm, to pray? Right, and really right. We should have been doing that all along. But I, st- I, I sat, I mean, I was praying, but I got to the point in front of the computer where I just thought, God, you know, this is so impossible. If you don't do it, it won't get done. So you just have to do it. And then mm. I'd start writing. And of course, that's the place I should have been all along. And I, I think it's in God's grace, he, he's so patient He'll wait till we're at that point, and then I guess he can start getting to work once we stop thinking it's up to us. That's you know, so good. we have to be good at our craft. There's no question that's part of our stewardship. But you know, we always have to be um, saying to him, you know, it's only because you give me the words and you you inspire it that it can be anything. Mm. So, wow! I'm very clear who the author of the success of the book is. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it only by his spirit could it have the spiritual fruit that it has. Yes, exactly. And that's one of those, that's his business, isn't it? Because yeah. we can be faithful. He doesn't ask us, he just asks us to be faithful. And it's up to him how he brings fruit. Mm. And I'm very conscious that, you know, I have, I have very faithful friends who have planted a church. In a day in, day out, they're doing thankless work that doesn't show any kind of numbers. You know, it's not like the church is bursting at the seams. They're plowing into people's lives, but the fruit is there because it's deep fellowship. Mm. But I always say to them, you know, you may not see the fruit like, like I'm getting to see some fruit, which is amazing. But I think whatever we're doing, sometimes we won't see the fruit. And that's our job isn't to know what the fruit is. Our job is to be faithful, isn't it? And know that. God's word doesn't come back empty. And the unseen is the eternal. Those are the things and we the, don't in see. The yeah. Of things, it'll be the people, you know, we don't expect who will be 
it's like from the great divorce, you know. Mm. Yes. Who's oh. the one that everyone says, well, who was she on earth? Was she anyone? No, but she, she's sort of celebrated in heaven because she was so faithful. Mm. So yeah. I think that even speaks to the mom today that's home and all she's done is change diapers and feed exactly. a baby and, and it seems very unseen and unimportant. Exactly. And it, it's, it's so eternal. That's a soul that is getting to know Christ's love in a tangible way through every time her hands touch that baby's yeah. flesh. And yeah. We have no idea really, do we? Yeah. we? We only see very tiny, tiny corner of what God's doing. Yeah. And it all just comes back down to trusting him and it almost being, we're all deployed in the same, to me it's like we're all deployed in different parts of the same job, aren't we? We're all mm. doing what God's called us to do and it's none of our business what he's called anyone else to do. We just do what he's given us to do. And yes. know that we're, you know, we're part of this big, huge story that's so wonderful. Yes, the big, huge story. I love. I love that. That's that. That is what everyone's drawn to. That yeah. you, I think this was a one of maybe the first works. I haven't looked at all the published works to compare, but the first work available to children that told the one big story. Mm-hmm. And because um, what was it, 2007, 2008? Yeah. So there were, there were others, but I think, I think without any of us really planning this, they, the, way, the reason this one hit a nerve, I think, is that it was short enough, you know, mm. lean enough that you can read, capture the plot line of the Bible in one sitting. I think yeah. there were others that, tried, that did it, but they were longer, which you would think would be better. But the truth is, there's something about the length that makes it accessible. You know, if it was too much longer, I think then you'd start to lose people. It would be too intimidating. Yeah, my I was telling my sons, I had the Bible out, and I said, you know, I get to talk to the, the lady that wrote this Bible. I said, what would you want me to tell her or ask her? And they, my oldest son said, well, tell her that I read the whole thing in like mm. a week, and I thought it was great. And I love the pictures. I said, well, she didn't draw the pictures. He said, well, I loved the story and I could read it. You know, I think he was just, it yeah. gave him a confidence that he could read the whole thing. Yeah. I love that. And, and even strangely enough, I think for adults, that's part of why yeah. it's accessible to adults because I think, well, especially now we don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of, um, well, you know, attention span with the internet and everything. And mm. The, the chapters are short enough that they're just like three pages. Yeah. So they're sort of like exactly what I know for me, I, more and more that I'm on internet and everything like that, it's harder to read for long periods without becoming antsy, isn't it? And I know mm. for young moms and stuff, that's really hard to find the moment. But if it's short enough, then it's like, oh, well, I can read this because it's not going to be too much, you know. And I think you hit a you hit a nerve there too with adults who maybe didn't grow up in the church and are unfamiliar with uh, the traditional texts. That um, I had one mom I, I posted. You know, does anyone have any questions for Sally? And and one mom who I know is a newer believer, she said four years ago this was the only Bible in their house, and yeah. that she read it with her daughters, and it's how she learned the gospel. Oh, that's wonderful. And um, I think there is, like you said, an accessibility that it's not as intimidating, that mm -hmm. they could sit there with their child. And then I think once the gospel has been shared and there's an overall understanding, then they can go to to the traditional text and, and maybe dissect it, it yes, more. Yes, exactly. I think once you, you know, most of us, the reason we put this um, children's book into a an adult edition is because, you know, it was a children's book that grown-ups were reading, as yes. you know. Yes, yeah. And yet we... Um, 
so part of it was like, well, the poor children, they need their own copies. Let's give uh, the adults one so that they don't keep stealing them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also because the real vision behind it was let's remove any barrier to someone hearing this amazing good news. Mm. And while there are so many, you know, evolved adults who don't mind reading a children's book, there are, so, there are many who probably never would pick up an illustrated children's book. And others who just wouldn't be drawn to a book that had Bible in it, to be honest, or even oh, the name yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And a friend of mine who's a very smart publisher early on had said, you know, if you called it the story of God's love for you, you could reach all kinds of people that would never, ever pick up the storybook Bible, you know, the Jesus storybook Bible. So I'd always had that in the back of my mind. And then I thought, if it's beautifully designed and it's called the story of God's love for you, suddenly you can give it to all kinds of people you wouldn't give the Jesus Storybook Bible to. And mm. it became, the vision was that it would become a book that you could share with everyone. And that's our hope is that it's, it's a new design, a new title for a whole new audience, the people who you wouldn't, you wouldn't really have thought of. But yeah. you could, like I've, I've given it to several people I never would have given the Jesus Storybook Bible to. You know? yeah. So that's exciting if it can reach people and, and you know, most people do think they know what the Bible's about and it's not good. Or they think they know who God is and that's not the God I believe in. Right. And yeah. so if we can help them see, even if it's just a slight, oh, like that, then you've done mm -hmm. something, haven't you? If, if you've got someone to even think, oh, this doesn't, this isn't completely insane, you know? Well, and uh, I think in the mid middle of the country, that mm -hmm. is, it's, it's like, kind of hard for some people to wrap their brains around. Yeah. I think that the East Coast and the West Coast, having lived um, in California myself, like, it's it's a different um, game you're playing. Yes, exactly. I, I, we're not fighting uh, whether it's a Presbyterian view or a, um, a Methodist view or a Lutheran. It's like, do you believe there's a God or do you not believe there's a God? Mm -hmm. That's that's the game we're at. Mm. And so I think that sometimes people get caught up in these little tiny doctrinal battles here in the middle when they don't recognize that on the coast we're fighting a battle of the existence of God and who God is. Yes. And I think, you know, the other reason I think a children's book has had an impact on adults is that God speaks to us, you know, and, and why I think Jesus told us, part of why he told us to be like children is because children have a ch this faith that, mm. um, you know, we often, I think God speaks often to us in, at least he speaks to children very much in, to their hearts and their imaginations. Yeah. And I think as grown-ups, we kind of have these defenses up. And yeah. something about writing for children, adults reading a book written for children, I think it, it ambushes, it, ca it catches them without their defenses up. Mm. And they respond in that same place like a child, that heart response, which is how God wants to talk to us and wants to reach us. And I think it, it sort of captures their imagination. And I think that's key, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. not you're not going to ever, you know, it's not through um, points and Debates. summary and debate. It's through telling yeah. a story, and a story is so powerful. You know, yeah. a story doesn't come and insist at you. It just tells you a story, and it's yeah. it plants a seed. And that's what's so exciting about a story is God can use it. We don't know. Again, we go back to that fruit. The, the seed is planted. It's not our business to know what's happening but God's word goes out and it doesn't return empty. So even by sharing this story, in a, even in a very distilled form, which is what this is, you're planting a seed. And I think that's so exciting. And uh, I hope, we, you know, we heard from the London City Mission that they were going to use it to hand out to all kinds of families and all kinds of different religions. 
you know, wow. so that's really exciting too. So tell people about this new version that came out October 6th and it's the story of God's love for you. And it, and like you said that the design is beautiful. It's like a gradiated blue mm-hmm. and the, the text itself is how does it differ from the Jesus Storybook Bible? Well, it's actually the same text. It's yeah. just a few, you know, a few small changes. But we didn't want to mess with it because, of course, it was already reaching adults. So yeah, yeah. we didn't want to mess with the text. But what we did was, like I said, give it a new title, The Story of God's Love for You, put it in a beautifully designed format now. And it's only, I'm just looking to see how many pages. It's like 180 pages, yeah, maybe a bit less. A beautiful type. Every story is about three pages. But it basically is the story of God's love for you. And it tells the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. And at the center of the story is a baby. And it really is just this most wonderful, because the Bible is this most wonderful story. And Mm. my job in writing for children was to distill it down into its most essential form. And because if you write for children with excellence and you respect them, then you're going to bring along the adults, you know. And I think if you... If you, I, I can't remember who said this. I think it was Kafka, but someone very brilliant said, <laughs> if you tell an extraordinary story with very um, simple language, it has great power. Because, And so by writing for children, the language is simple. It's not mm. dumb. It's not simplistic, right. but it's simple. And it can let this extraordinary story come through. And yeah. I think that maybe it has become... What we're hoping with this book is it just is a great introduction to someone to let someone who may never have any idea what we're talking about have a glimpse at the wonder of what we're talking about, why we love, why we're Christians, why we follow Jesus, that it's not all about rules so that keeping them so God will love us or about heroes that we're supposed to copy so God will love us. It's about a God who loved us before we even knew him, a God who will move heaven and earth to be close to his children and won't ever stop loving them. I mean, that that sort of story just melts your heart. So I, I'm excited about it because I think it's a way for people to share the side of our faith that we don't, that people miss. You know, they think it's about rules. They think it's about making God love us. Mm-hmm. But it's about a God who, who's passionate, who loves us so much. And you have to start there, don't you? Before you, you have to, that changes your heart, not rules. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. your life changes as you see you're loved. And then the rules are obviously there to tell you how life works best, but you're not keeping them so God will love you. You're keeping them out of gratitude because he loves you and because that's the way to happiness, you know? It's so good. And it's, I mean, I just had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and she was saying these things as moms that we speak this grace of our children. So it's not their good behavior that earns our love Mm -hmm. so that that can reflect into how they view God. Jeannie Cunyon. Yes, 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 yes. yes. She's a friend. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Yes. I had her on the show. So we were talking um, about that and then I I found out I was going to be talking to you and I thought what a perfect way for moms that are looking for a tangible, Mm -hmm. you know, grace giving tool that they can speak language they can speak because i know um one of my sons i have th- four boys but one of oh, them lovely <laughs> yes it's they're not very busy then no 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 you it's quite easy say. i just sit around and eat bonbons <laughs> all day long i could think yes yeah well he was you know he was hard-hearted when it came to jesus or even i think it was good friday he told me he actually hated jesus which to me was quite shocking and but actually, a, it's quite good because it's a reaction, isn't it? It was a reaction, and it was like right at Easter, and you're thinking, no, this is the time we're celebrating. Oh, shoot, what have I done wrong? You know, you go into mommy guilt, shame. Oh, cool. Yeah, but then it was like a, a couple days later, maybe Easter, I don't know, that next week sometime, 
we were talking, he'd hit a brother and, um, I told him, you know, we can't hit our brother. Da, da, da. That's not what it, anyway, he says, why does God want us to make bad choices? He said, Oh no, that was not his plan at all. Mm-hmm. I said, his plan was to be with you always. And it was, um, Adam and Eve started this trend where they wanted their way over God's way, but he didn't give up on you. Mm. And he came after you and he sent Jesus to rescue you. And he stopped me. Like I was going on and he stopped me and just spontaneously went into prayer and said, dear Lord, thank you for not giving up on me. That's beautiful. Thank you for giving. And I was like, oh my goodness, only God can change a heart. Yes, because what happened to him right then was his heart was melted because it was the love that you were telling him about. Yes. Isn't it? And yes, what it's true of all of us, isn't it? And um, that's a beautiful, what a what a wonderful moment that was. It was pretty great, and it was in the same closet that I'm chatting to you about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm chatting to you at, anyway. I think that you have nailed it on the head, and I truly do. I'm excited for this version. Actually, when I posted on social media asking for questions, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people hadn't heard about the new version. So I'm excited. Oh, oh, thank you for letting them know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to know how to get. You don't want to be a real with your marketing. I mean, marketing is tricky, isn't it? You always want to give value. But you also, you have to let people know because they like, they want to know. Yeah. So thank you for helping get the word out. Well, and it's perfect timing with the holidays coming up and not knowing what to get that college, you know, nephew or whatever. Yeah, it's great for a teenager. Like my nephew, who's 15, I I couldn't give him as illustrated. You know, that's that age where they're not going to go anywhere near a children's book. When all they really want is like an iTunes gift card or some kind of gift card. You don't really want to give a gift card again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's a great option. I do have a question. One of the um, listeners asked was, was were you taught the Bible this way to see Jesus in every story when you were a child or did that come later as an adult? Yeah, that came later as an adult. And, and in fact, I have to probably credit one of uh, a Sunday school I went to when I was six. Mm. Those people, I have no idea who they are and they were very well-meaning. But that Sunday school, for some reason, I just hated it. And I was a Christian. I knew Jesus as my best friend. Mm. But I remember going with my dad to Sunday school and in my head, it's one of those snapshots in my head, just dreading going to that Sunday school. Mm. And I remember it was literally coloring inside the lines. It was all about rules. It was it was just nothing about it was wonder or imagination or anything. Mm. And it, and what why I bring that up is that that stayed in my mind and it became the sort of absolute thing I w- was going to avoid in this book. And it really it guided me because it reminded me, I think the Lord allowed me to remember that so well because I could remember what it was like being six and mm. how despairing I felt I think I hated that Sunday school because I just felt like why would I want to go to school on Sunday and be told I'm doing it wrong that's basically what I felt wow yeah and so whenever I was writing a story it was all motivated to to tell that six-year-old no you see it's not that it's about this incredible hero it's an adventure story I told uh, so everything I wrote in that book was to teach myself and any child who is like me that this book is so, so it guided me. And so mm. the answer to that question is, no, I didn't realize it was all about Jesus. I thought it was all about me and what I'm supposed to be doing to make God love me. And mm. I knew I wasn't doing it right. So in the back of my mind, I thought, well, God must not really love me then. He can't mm. be pleased with me because I'm not brave like Daniel. I wouldn't ever let myself be thrown to lions. I'd deny my faith immediately. Mm. I knew that as an eight-year-old. I, I, I knew it. So that's that funny mix of you know inside that you're not good enough 
And you think you've got to be good enough so God will love you. So all through my childhood, even though I knew Jesus as my best friend, I sort of felt like God wasn't pleased with me. Mm. And it was only really not that long ago where I was, I came under, you know, that kind of teaching that, you know, I give a lot of credit, obviously, and acknowledgement to Tim Keller's teaching in New York because he taught me how to see Christ in all the scriptures. And he was taught by others. And, you know, I I realize it's not, it's not new to him, but, um, I came under his teaching at just the right time and realized once you see Jesus in every story, it, instead of being left with the despairing thought of, oh, I can't be as brave as David or Daniel, you're left with, but there's a greater David and there's a greater Daniel who would save his people, who would come like David and be a hero and defeat the worst possible enemy we could ever have, which is death. Yeah. So once you see Jesus in it, then, then it's just, all you can do is worship. You're not left thinking, well, I'm no good. I can't do that. Now you're like, oh, God knew I couldn't do it all along. He just yeah. needed me to know I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, know? that's good. Yeah, that's really good. I love all of that. And it, it kind of answers one of the questions a listener asked was, well, did you have a child in mind while writing? And I think you were writing to yourself what to you would wish you'd heard. I, I also have my nieces and nephews and that, that's the who were, who I dedicated the book to. So mm-hmm. they also... I imagined them sitting around as I sitting around me as I told the story. And mm. so what that helped me with was I couldn't rely on any jargon. I couldn't just say sin because I don't know any child that understands what that is unless you explain it. Some, I don't actually know any adult that really understands yeah. it. <laughs> you know, and again, the temptation yeah. is to think sin, like your son, is about breaking rules. Well, it is about breaking rules, but it's about much more than that. It's about yeah. breaking a relationship. It's about breaking God's heart. And once it's about assuming see, a position that you're not supposed to be it's in. It's like, yeah, 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 taking, making everything orbit around you mm. instead of worshiping. And it's also, I, I thought, well, how else can I describe sin? And I thought it's like running away from God and hiding in the shadows. Yeah, or believing lies. Like, yeah, it's, or it's like eating poison that makes your heart sick mm-hmm. so that it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So using those kinds of things, then suddenly you're engaged and you realize, oh, that's not something I want. You know, I don't yeah. want to have something that makes my heart not right. Or I don't want to run away from God and hide from him, you know. Yeah. Oh, also good. Um, I did have one listener ask um, that, you know, we have Jesus through all, all the stories. And some people, their struggle in believing in God is the God of the Old Testament versus the God they see in the New Testament. And your book kind of, is it's the same God. Yeah. But they were wondering how you reconcile that yourself I guess is the question oh well I think the more I've studied this the more blown away I am by the tenderness of God all through the Old Testament you know he he has a bad reputation in the Old Testament but the the thing that's helped me a great deal is the Old Testament as I've heard someone say is really one long glorious record of God's people's failure to live up to his commands Mm -hmm. again he knew they couldn't but they thought they could and over and over again, they fail him. The other thing is, people make the mistake of thinking just because something awful is in the Bible, that means that means that what God is like. I mean, there's lots of terrible things that happen in the Bible, but there yeah. are people in the Bible, sinners, and also God had so much at stake. His whole goal, you know, if you read the Bible as one story, you realize his whole goal is to free his people for mm. all time from sin and death. Yes. And everything that he does is motivated by that ultimate goal of having them free and back with him forever without sin. So once you know that that's overarching everything, yes, there are very 
confusing things in the Old Testament, but there is incredible love and incredible pointing. You know, over and over again, he's saying, I'm going to send you someone. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to bless the whole world mm. through a son who's coming yeah. and a prince who's coming. And he gives this promise to people who fail him over and over again. You know, David, who is a murderer and, a, and an adulterer, and he says, I'm going to choose you. And through you, my promised rescue is coming. So it's this, yes, there are some very difficult things in the Old Testament, but I think if you really study it, you'll find that there's just as much love, if not more. You know, it's the same God. And it's even, you know, everything about it is pointing to the coming rescuer. So it, it's it's wonderful when you start really delving into it, I think. Yeah, and I mean... I would did a BSF last year. We did the life of Moses and even reading Leviticus and numbers. Oh goodness. You know, who wants to study that? But if you really look at it, God was so good and kind in how he yeah. treated the yeah. Israelites versus how other gods treated those that worship them. You know, exactly. that if you look at the comparison of the culture too, yeah, he so always how- said the opposite. He came down. <laughs> I know. He, yeah. he- yeah, we don't always know all of our facts, do we? Mm-hmm, we don't know mm-hmm. the context and we don't. It's like when people, they don't realize how God treats women in the Bible. How, you so know, much more kindly, yes. That Jesus should, should appear to, to women first. Well, women back then had no, they weren't allowed in court. Their testimony didn't count for anything. And yet God chooses women to yeah. be the ones to be the testifiers of his son's resurrection. See, things like that. Yeah. That tells, that, I love that God because he's yeah. saying, yeah, they don't have any voice in your courts, but I'm going to choose them to tell the good news of this in- most incredible event ever. Isn't that wonderful? It's, I just yeah. it's like that. Yeah, I think I think that is, and I think like you said that your your books, both the new the story of God's love for you and the Jesus Storybook Bible, they capture our hearts. They they break down those barriers of resistance mm-hmm. and and any complaint or um, argument we may throw at the Bible and and capture us and then we can and then God let God do the wooing <laughs> let his Holy yes, Spirit do exactly. the wooing isn't that and, such a relief that we don't have to do it we just have to be faithful doing what he calls us to do yeah and he's the one who provides the growth and thank goodness <laughs> well thank you for doing the work of putting this all together and sitting in front of that computer and typing thank out you. these stories thank and trusting you. It's an him. Honor. I mean, a great honor. And I thank you and all your listeners for, I couldn't do what I'm doing without people like you helping get it into the hands that we need it in, you know? So I, I'm very appreciative too. Well, thank you. Well, they wanted me to make sure. They said, tell her thank you. Oh, that the Lord well, has spoken to them a million times from oh, reading this book. So yes, And he yes. speaks back to me such encouragement through hearing these stories. So thank you. Well, of course. And, and everyone, I'll put links to um, the new book the story of god's love for you and to all of um sally's where can they find you online um i have my website which is sally lloyd jones.com i'm also uh have a, a page on facebook okay. too which, but you can access all that from my and, and i'm also on twitter and instagram and you don't you know you've written a lot of other books too that they could check out like super yeah. fun children's books yes because i think the thing is uh Bringing, making children laugh is just as much <laughs> as anything else. So yes. I, yes, I have some very funny books on there. It's, so I think they'll enjoy them. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and your Instagram feed is is super fun too. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see the humor and joy and beauty you find 
Oh, thank you. Well, so, I love I love taking photos, and it, it's kind of a nice discipline. It makes you yeah. look. Yeah, help you see, see the yeah. unseen. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for taking time today and You're talking welcome, with me, Heather. Sally. You're thank such a you. joy. I you loved too. it. You too. It's great right. to chat with you. Thanks so much. Of course. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wasn't I right? It's like a big warm hug. You just want to go hang out with her for hours. I mean, seriously. So, so good. If you do not own that Bible, order one for Christmas. It's a great, a great book to read with your kids. And it's the, the Jesus Storybook Bible is just the beautiful illustrations. Um, my kids love it. So uh, before we sign off for today, I have not taken time to give you all props. Thank you for all of your reviews. I read every single one, every single email. Y'all are just the best. I'm so thankful to be walking this with you and to cheer you on to be uh, trying, not trying, trying is a bad word. To be leaning into God more and trying less, to be relying on his strength more and our um, selfish, self-reliant ways less. And so here's uh, the first review. Thank you, Kristen Sylvester. Um, I'm so glad you're a new stay-at-home mom and you've gained so much encouragement. I am so thankful that the ideas have improved your attitude, your heart, your marriage, your mothering, um, these mom sermons that you are re-listening to, that they're speaking to you in new ways. Thank you so much, Kristen, for taking time to write that. Uh, K.L. Snyder, too. Um, thank you for your review. That you're, If you're cooking meals or cleaning the house, uh, it's a great time for you to learn and be encouraged. Yeah, I don't know where y'all are listening. You can always tag me on Instagram. Show me where you're listening. Are you folding laundry? Are you doing dishes? I like to listen while I'm grocery shopping. Um, where are you listening? I would love to know. Uh, someone said that, their house is cleaner because of the podcast. I think that's funny. Um, okay, this is Us51H49. She found the podcast a year ago and has loved every episode. She especially loves the one with Vicky. Thank you so much. Yes, we are such fans of Vicky Craft and so thankful for her ministry here. If you haven't ever listened to Vicky Craft's episode, definitely two episodes. Definitely go back and listen to those. Very encouraging. Um, thank you, mom of two toddlers, baby on the way. Best podcast ever. I appreciate that. Um, she says it's an understatement to say that the podcast has changed her life. She finally looks forward to a household chores while the kids are napping. Um, she's just wept listening to the different episodes. She's finally less concerned with being the perfect mom and believing she's uniquely created to be the best mom for the kids that God has given her. I'm so thankful. That's a great message for anyone listening today. Uh, Lorena5390, thank you for your review. Uh, she says it's always what she needs to hear when she needs to hear it. I think that the Holy Spirit is pretty great about doing that and weaving that together. Uh, Nikki SS, um, thank you. I'm glad you love my honesty on this parenting journey. Uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa O825, Thank you for your review. You are very welcome. It's a joy to put them together. And Bella Rose, thank you. I know you have a podcast, Delight Your Marriage. If any of y'all listening are struggling with um, sexual intimacy in your marriage, definitely check out Bella Rose's podcast, Delight Your Ma Delight Your Marriage. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, Parcher83, thank you for your review. Lily White Princess 22 She's been listening the last few months and just got caught up. It's been a huge blessing while she folds laundry, see, or works on scrapbook albums. Um, helped her move towards grace-filled parenting. And CMS926, um, 
It's funny. Heather admits to everything I'm thinking, good or bad. Yeah. I'm kind of, I can't help that honesty thing, guys. Um, McGar McGarity Mama, thank you for your review. You've been listening for a few months. I uh, definitely recommend it so much. Thank you for that review. Uh, another mom at K Johns 811, she listens while she's driving and she looks forward to her drive. Um, she says that I have a way of knowing what we you guys need. Well, that's only because you tell me. So thanks for emailing me, telling me what you need. I take every one of your suggestions um, seriously. And I'm always, I'm, I've got a lot of great podcast guests lined up. I'm working on that That's Me episode. Should have that ready to go next week. It's actually going to be the two-year anniversary of the podcast coming up. I cannot believe it. We're almost to 100 episodes, which is crazy to think. Um, JKWLE, thank you for your review. Um, <laughs> maybe I've already said this one before that I am honest enough to say I want to punch my kids in the face. That's pretty funny. Yes, I did say that. That was me. Anyway, thanks y'all for your reviews. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Thank you for supporting this podcast. You can always find me on Instagram at God Centered Mom or on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. I am so thankful for y'all. I pray and hope that you do truly grasp the story of God's great love for you. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.